Today, we're talking about past traumas and their impact on relationships. It could be a singular event, like a natural disaster, fire, flood, hurricane, uh, earthquake, or it could be a ongoing chronic um, trauma, something that's going to spring up from uh, spousal abuse, child abuse, um, mental illness in the house. Um, any of these things or all of these things, uh, the ramifications are that they are going to spike the anxiety and depression because they destabilize all of your normal attachments. Um, this is going to leave you with potentially chronic anger, um, eating disorders can spawn from this flashbacks. Um, you're reliving that past event over and over again. Um, problems with trust, right? You have an inability to trust yourself or, or others, um, drug and alcohol use, the list goes on. Everything is designed to prevent you from getting hurt again. So keeping people at arm's length and the world at arm's length or, uh, at numbing the pain. You're sometimes you relive the traumatic event, uh, with the aim of taking control of it and somehow reforming it and reshaping it and, um, to a way that's less traumatic for you, which you can't do. Um, if you're going through this or you're dating somebody or married to somebody that went through this, and I don't know anybody that hasn't had to deal with some sort of past events in their life that, that impacted them. Um, there's a, a host of ways things can go wrong because side piece or not, you're not going to have the bond that you ideally should have. So trauma impacts attachment styles. And there's four big attachment styles. Um, you have the anxious, preoccupied, dismissive, avoidant, and fearful avoidant. Uh, the fourth one is secure, but secure. I mean, there's no problem there, right? You're secure. Everything's good to go. You're in the supportive, nurturing household. Those people definitely have the best ability to deal with any traumas because um, they didn't suffer from the ongoing trauma. They have the tools and skills to deal with things that don't go the way they want. And so we don't really have to worry about them. Let's talk about anxious preoccupied. This is the extremely possessive clinger. They are feeling an intense need for love to the point that it's unreasonable. But the subversive part is that they push their partner away the entire time. Um, this uh, you'll see in somebody that has uh, inconsistency with their caregivers as a child. Um, lots of changes to the environment as a child. Next up is dismissive avoidant. Um, they're emotionally distant and with a very strong emphasis on independence and self-reliance. They, they're going to do it themselves. There's a lot going on in this one. Um, uh, they possess the ability to detach from others at the drop of a hat. If you inspire too much emotion, they cut you out, plain and simple. Um, you can see this a lot in uh, somebody that had to parent themselves as a child. Fearful avoidant is a 50-50 state. They're afraid of being alone while simultaneously being fearful as AF of getting too close. Expect a volatile reaction here. Um, they're in turmoil with their attraction to the relationship running up against the fear of intimacy. Um, so rejection makes them clingy and love makes them feel like they're smothered. 
this is this is mad drama. This is the Jerry Springer type stuff. Um, you know this when you see it. You just might not have known that was what it was called. Um, not an attachment style, but we're throwing narcissistic parenting in here. Um, in this environment, this is going to be like a lifelong thing, right? So the parent has a near obsessive uh, image fixation. Everything has got to be self-aggrandizing for them. Um, they literally feel like they are never wrong. They're totally controlling. If you work with somebody that's an overachiever, there's a chance they came from this. As a kid, the perfection pressure is sky high. Um, this leads to low self-esteem and shame because you cannot be perfect. Nobody is perfect. Um, particularly as a child, you don't have the coping mechanisms to, to even know that and embrace that. So um, your caregiver's love is conditional as fuck. Um, so you get caught in this cycle. You're raised in it. The biggest problem is the majority of the time the child follows the pattern. So when they're adults, they turn into a narcissistic parent, right? Whether they have kids or not, they, they go into that mode. Um, it can result in extreme independence to the point that you never trust anyone else, or they could end up assuming that narcissistic behavior. And now it's pointed right at their significant other or their kids. And they're very demanding, very controlling. They want love and obedience and like put to be put on that pedestal. In any case, these traumatic um, events destabilize, whether it's a single event or something ongoing, it's going to destabilize the person. Their sense of security is degraded, maybe even completely destroyed. Um, there's an inability to trust, whether it's themselves or others. Um, it, it's just gone or greatly reduced. They're disconnected from everybody. They're keeping everybody at uh, arm's length and kind of self-isolating. Uh, it's a safety mechanism, right? If I don't let you in, you can't hurt me. Um, so they have trouble or they just won't allow themselves to connect. They're building that wall up for safety's sake. It's a moat. Um, poor connection or isolation rather leads to poor communication and a lack of intimacy. And you, you can't really have great bonds with that. So whether it's singular event or an ongoing one, um, either way, they don't resolve these past traumas and they're kind of cursed to stay in the spin cycle with them. Um, you cannot fight wars on too many fronts, right? It's unsustainable. So you can't successfully navigate today's problems and issues without a resolution to yesterday's because it's always bleeding into it. You're always seeing today with yesterday's goggles on. Um, until you do the work, the triggers are always there, ready to take you back to ground zero and start you all over again. You're always unstable and uh, the pain and just being on the shaky ground and so insecure opens the door to anything, <clears throat> particularly a side piece. And that can just be something that's really being used as a Band-Aid on a bullet hole, right? Like it's not necessarily even about the person that they're with they're just trying to numb the situation so let's talk about me and one of my excursions into the zone of the side piece definitely um some narcissism going on there definitely dismissive avoidance stuff kicking in um 
seeing them in trouble and in their bad relationship triggered this knight in shining armor thing that I didn't know that I had, but I totally have. Um, and, you know, started off frivolous and then got much, much, much too serious. Um, it was a little crazy because uh, as I'm clinging to them more and pulling to them, they're pushing away from me. Um, in a word, <laughs> it sucked. It was painful. Um, they allowed me to get close because the attention feels good, right? That They're numbing. Um, but then, you know, they shut me out when it feels like I'm getting too close. So cue the avoidant behaviors, um, couple that with some shame, but add in the thrills of validation and the excitement of being desired. Um, you end up with this splendidly powerful mess that I was in. It's a real soap opera status. Um, incredibly revealing though. Like I learned a lot about myself in that set setting. Um, now that was with somebody that I wasn't dealing with. My actual wife um, was, I, I couldn't assist her with what she was going through because I was unaware of the problem. Um, there won't be that intimacy because she doesn't want to be vulnerable. Um, it's quite difficult to be vulnerable without a sense of safety, which gets to a major um, revelation, I guess, for me. I ended up becoming the source of pain and trauma for my wife. I, I never saw that one coming either. Um, I'd like to think that had I had the information, then I would have done the right thing and been better, but... You know, you never know. I'm not a revisionist history kind of guy. Um, but there's just a lot. There's lots of uh, catch-22 type situations in relationships. And a lot of them come from trauma. And sometimes people are experiencing trauma and they can't even put their finger on the why of it or the where of it. They don't know that they're in it. <clears throat> and then again... They'll do anything to numb the problem or some people in extreme cases are reliving the problems. Um, I can tell you from a medical standpoint, there's some things that I've seen um, as a result of child abuse that are, that are heartbreaking because the person came up in the, in that environment. And then now they're doing things that are abusive to themselves um, because they have not been able to process that trauma. Um, the great news is though, that these can be fixed. You can heal. Um, you just might require some professional help, but you can heal from this. Um, let's talk about the stigma around that. Nobody ever looks twice at somebody that has a broken bone and goes and gets that limb casted. It's totally acceptable to fix your body, but for some reason, fixing your mind is frowned upon. Um, anyway, that's a good lead in to a fair question. Have I ever seen a mental health professional? Well, I have never paid. I have never made an appointment. I've never gone into an office. So technically no, but in college, my psych professor was still in private practice and we talked a great deal about me. Uh, I consider it therapeutic. Um, 
for free. Uh, and then uh, the stigma, um, I'm only mentioning the stigma because I know it's a, it's a factor. People don't go out and get help that they need because of the way they feel about that. They don't want to be on the couch. So if you don't want to be on the couch, let's talk about some things that you could do to kind of reframe these traumas so that you can have a more productive and quote unquote normal life. So talk it out. You're going to have to get vulnerable and real. Um, and it's going to be hard in the first place because you're undoubtedly having trust issues. Um, you're going to have to change your self-talk. Uh, you're going to have to shut that shit down. When the negativity starts in your head, you got to jump on it immediately. Don't entertain it at all. Stay ahead of it. Um, and then once you've identified some of your triggers, you got to broadcast that. Let us know so that we can help you with them and help you sidestep them together. Uh, art therapy. So when I was, this is actually, I guess, an instance of counseling. Um, at summer camp, I went, they said, oh, what's going on with you? I must have said something about being unhappy with my home life or something like that. And they sent me to the art place. And I was like, what the hell is this? So now as a lingering result from that time at camp from summer camp, uh, I write bad poems when I get sad. Um, very effective for me for whatever reason, it, it helps a lot. They also threw out their journaling. I don't know. It didn't journaling didn't help me. Uh, or didn't seem to help me. I didn't feel like I got anything out, uh, when I journaled, but again, we're using whatever works, right? Um, exercise is good. I like to be outside. Some people will get on side inside and get on a treadmill, uh, but do something physical to kind of change your focus, uh, get yourself in your body. Um, anything that's distracting you from the negative, anything that stops that cycle, um, focus on the positive. You change that. If you start focusing on the positive things, you see more of the positive things. Um, seeing more of the positive thing kind of gets you out of the pattern. So those are the tips and tricks that I know. Um, there's no guarantee that any of that's going to work for you though. Um, the bad poetry was a great help to me. Um, in your case, none of those may work. So if they don't, you've tried everything, nothing's working. I mean, you're going to have to talk to a professional and there's help out there everywhere. Um, so anyway, those are the tips that I have. Think about it. What has happened to you in your life that has affected you in ways that you didn't realize? Is there some singular event that just you never get over? You never stop thinking about when you're alone. Whatever there is, whatever you find, take action. You can heal. You don't have to have this affecting you. Well, that's it. That's the show for this week. I hope you heard something that you can use and that you learned something new. Thanks for checking in, sharing your time. I appreciate it. Drop me a line if you have any comments, questions, or discussions. My Instagram is sidepiece underscore season. Facebook, sidepiece season, two words. And you can get me on Twitter at sidepiece season, no spaces. Uh, if you liked what you heard, please tell a friend. And if you did not like what you heard, please tell an enemy. Have a great week. I'll meet you back here in a week. We'll do it all over again. 
be good to yourself, be good to others. Peace.